right, we on? Is yeah. it on? Is yeah. it on? Yeah. All right, what's up, y'all? Um, we. Oh, sorry, I, I got I got a little excited and and yelled a little bit. Should know better than that, right? Um, well, welcome to this podcast. This is an exciting day and time, and uh, we're here South by Southwest 2017. Uh, there's a great group amongst all of us, and I think you know what. Before we get started, let's let's have a toast, you guys. This is exciting. Don't yeah, wait so, here. Hey. It's time to open it then. Cheers, you know. Welcome to South by. Sponsored by Strange Land Brewery. Oh, best pills in the That's a very bitter beer. It's delicious. So good. All right, so um, this is a podcast that we're going to be talking about a couple different things, but the main focus that we want to focus on, if you will, is being young and being involved. That's the general theme of, of this this podcast, and we're going to hit on a lot of different topics, but before we start, I think we should all introduce ourselves. What do y'all think? Yep. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. Come on, you guys are way too quiet. Ooh, I need uh, a, I need a, I need yeah. a yes, God, yes, yes God. Okay, uh, my name is Ugo. I am a, a video editor here in Austin. I've been doing that for a couple years now. I've uh, been in Austin since 2009, and uh, I am 25 years old. And I am Ingrid. I work in PR, um, do more media relations and influencer work. And I'm originally from Dallas, but I like to come back in and out of Austin since I graduated from UT and first generation Mexican-American here. Proud to be here. Hi, I'm Cynthia. I just recently graduated. I'm an account assistant account executive, a PR professional, and I'm 25. Hey, I'm Luis. I'm an account manager here in Austin, and I'm an original Austinite. Like everyone else. Hometown boy. No shade. I'm Carla. I'm a digital buyer. I'm 28. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Still young. I'm a Houstonian, so what, what? Ooh, oh, Houston, H-Town. I was born there. Oh, uh, I'm Hector C. Fuentes. Uh, I just graduated from Texas State University. Um, um, I, uh, I am a co-owner of uh, Tenoco Labs, where we do uh, creative work, you know, video, websites, just anything you can think of. It's, you know, it's just goes down but um, yeah that's me and uh, my name is Kevin Quintero I'm co-founder of the Nook Labs and small digital company you know we do content creation and uh, yeah that's who I am I'm 23 born in Mexico and here I am now with all y'all professionals very cool very cool y'all so um, being young being involved what what does that mean to you guys, I mean, I know it can mean a lot of different things, but uh, what what do you think are some misconceptions about being young and involved in in any kind of platform these days? Whether it's media, whether it's you know the uh, corporate world, you know what are what are some of your thoughts on that? What you said? What are the troubles of being? Young yeah, some misconceptions that people have. Like, I'll give you an example. You know, I mean, people tend to look at somebody our age, our age range, and they think, you know, automatically, well, to start off, you know, we, we fall under the category and as a millennial, you may not identify as that, but we fall under that category. So people right away will give you that, that stereotype and say, oh, you know, you're a complainer. You are somebody who is hardworking and driven, you know, on the flip side of that. So, um, 
what are some misconceptions? What are some troubling things that that you you think we experience as being as people being young and involved? I think one thing that I definitely experienced, especially in corporate America, is or even just in general of being able to give up. Like we give up really easily. Like if something gets hard, we're defined as that. But I think in my eyes, it's not giving up. It's knowing, especially like knowing my the hardships that my family went through. I don't want to put up with anything less than what I deserve. So it, it, I kind of have this battle of being a mil- classified as a millennial, but then also classified as being first generation to be in corporate America. And if I don't get that level of respect, I'm out. So that's the quitting that I will be able to do. Yeah, like, yeah, like you just said. So we, so you're saying like millennial, but the thing is like there's so many different types of young people out there. Like, like for example, you. Uh, millennial but also me you know I guess I'm considered a millennial but I'm also a first generation college student first generation uh, my parents are both from Mexico mm-hmm. and I'm the first in my family to to graduate so I, I don't necessarily I mean when people say I'm a millennial and oh you're lazy entitled this and that but at the same time being a first generation uh, you know a Hispanic uh, in 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 a university and also being a, a huge minority too in any mm-hmm. educational setting post high school uh, or any uh, organization really that's uh, I guess that deals with corporate America you're gonna always be I mean I've been a minority everywhere that I go and like you don't really you see it differently it, it, it's a motivation it's not even a bad thing in my eyes it's like uh, you have uh, it's a it's an extra kick you know into it, it, it motivates me I guess me as a millennial I guess it it kind of it's a bit of motivation being like you know how you know like the i guess my family and the, i don't know we think about family a lot yeah. that's what i'm trying to say sure, it's yeah. a hardcore I don't even know motivation. what i was trying to say but yeah it's a hardcore motivation because i've i've gone through a few different like industry settings they've all been corporate but for me it's the same thing i mm-hmm. will push for what i deserve i will make sure that you know you may think i'm lazy you may think that i'm somebody who gives up that i'm not motivated i'm going to prove you wrong but then on top of that, it's like the whole, I'm always a minority, you're going to see it. And then the constant struggle to break that barrier of, you know, like, I'm a woman, I'm a minority, I'm trying to make it in a male-dominated world. Yeah. Like, Do you see that as an advantage or disadvantage? Like, yeah, knowing you're a female, uh, you don't see a lot of females in the, in the, I guess, in corporate America, like in the tech field or digital well, you know, like just in, in general, like that's a, according to statistics. Do you see that as a disadvantage or advantage? Like, I definitely think it's a double-edged sword because it's like there's an advantage because it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be the first or one of the first. I don't have a fear in the world to push that boundary, um, make my voice heard. But I do feel the struggle will fall into the fact that there aren't many of those opportunities given. So you have to really prove yourself. And it's a lot about luck, like being put in a position, in a place, working with somebody who has that mentality of, I'm not going to hold you back because I believe in this mm-hmm. millennial or minority like yeah. vision or idea. Yeah, good point. I mean, that yeah, that definitely is um, super relevant, I think, more so than than ever. You know, I think now we're we're living in a in a time that we get the opportunity to be much more outspoken. I think social media is, it can either be a ticking time bomb or it is your pot of gold because a lot of people will definitely use it to their advantage. You know, we'll see a lot of that during the entirety of South by Southwest. You know, it just started 
And we're going to be able to see a lot of different people either making it their weapon of choice or, you know, just or, or ignoring their opportunity that they get. For example, I, I went to I went on a, a business trip last week to Houston and one of the department heads and I, I work for a corporate company and one of the department heads is female and she was the only female in that whole team. I mean, it was a group of, let's see, six men and she was the assistant to the, to the director of the program. And I mean, she just... She was super cool. I mean, she was a boss bitch. Like, I really, I, I was just so like, yes, queen, come on, like, show these dudes. Like, yeah, because I I never, I, not, not that I never, I rarely see female editors, you know, talking about, yeah. like, I'll, I'll think about what I do. It's super rare. And when I see one, and not only is she involved, but she's somebody who is making an impact, making a statement. And she, if I'm not mistaken, she's in her late 20s. So, again, she's just somebody who, at that young age, already made it up to a position in corporate America and just owning it, you know? I think that it's just such an example and such a good, a good, yeah, she's, she's a good example to, to show off to people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. And that's another topic in itself, like owning it. I know that's been brought up to me lately of my boss telling me, Ingrid, you've you know what to do now own it you know and i feel like my whole life i've seen my parents be very they're very humble people so whenever they do come with an idea or they do have something to say they've always crouched down and that's what i know what to do right because that was taught to me and it's hard for me to be like i thought of this idea and i'm going to own it and i'm going to be proud i'm going to stand by it but i think that barrier is like an opportunity that we need to take on because if we can't do it, imagine our children aren't be able to do it. It's like we have to break that barrier of owning our shit, right? If, yeah, yeah, for sure. If we don't do it, no one's gonna do it. Yeah, no one yeah. else. If we don't take initiative and and making and make like, and we don't start making shit happen, no one else is gonna do it for us. Yeah, like you know, for especially like I, I mean, the world that I live in, I see it as a as a young. A Hispanic, I guess, millennial, if you can consider it that. If but if no one else puts in the work to make us go be up there in the limelight in any any career that you choose, because growing up I wouldn't see people like me on TV or anything, you know, like or or like uh, where you'll see like heads of companies or whatever. You never see like a Hispanic or whatever. But mm -hmm. if it's not us that that want to change it then no one's going to change it for us. But it's also about doing it ourselves, but then also bringing up people around us to be with us doing it you oh, know yeah, what i'm saying like bringing up people you're, are you talking about like helping the community yeah or, like bringing just... like let's say i have an opening for something i want to bring in someone that i know that put can put in the work you know yeah it's all, it's all up to us like if we can't oh hey we got Furman coming in this uh Ooh, we got more guests let's grill them what's up man <laughs> dude you're late we have been missing and talking about you this whole time oh you have so much to catch up on i <laughs> What's up, man? What's uh, you want want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone. My name is Fermin uh, Camacho. Um, Kevin's and Hector's friend. Tell them what you do. I do finance for Apple. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of corporate, <laughs> <laughs> just in time. Oh, very cool. How old are you? Uh, I'm 23. 
23 doing oh, finance man. for Apple. Am I the oldest that, one here? <laughs> Are you? You're, you're the no. you're the okay, most you're most experienced. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, welcome. So our topic of the day is being young and being involved. You know, letting that fall under different categories. I mean, right now we've already picked up on um, being a woman, being young, and being involved. Being a first generation uh, American. Membering your family, yeah. Families. Right, right. You know, just uh, so to you, what are some misconceptions about being young and being involved? Um, misconceptions. I would say I guess dumb, <laughs> not experienced necessarily, but um, yeah, like yeah, the misconceptions, man. Yeah, honestly, just you know, not having the experience or having the motivation to you know get started, basically. Um, I don't know, it's like my biggest factor at the point, you know, I was trying to just get motivated, get out there. Being a 23-year-old in finance is uh, very hard since everyone's at least you know, 10 years older than me half the time. So, you know, motivation there. And how intimidating is that for you? Um, very intimidating. I have, honestly, I, I told my friends most of the time, I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. But, but you I just learned, swing it. Yeah, I swing it. You, you know, I take the punches. It. I roll the punches. Yeah, I Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I heard a quote today. I was sitting in one of the podcasts earlier. And it's not, see, like a lot of people, like they, they think of young people and as not experienced or this and that. But what it really is, what really, it doesn't even matter what age you are, but it's like, it's how you act mm-hmm. upon the situation that, you, that you're in. It's not what you know, but it's how you act with your circumstances. So I, I guess that's what a lot of employers look for too. Maybe, you know, that's what the, when I was sitting in on that, you said that is really important. Some people don't learn that even till they're 50 years old, you sure. know, but it's really important how you act. To a certain situation, not not based on what you know, but how you act to the, to the situation that's given to you. So, I mean, I guess winging it is a is a skill. Yeah. I'll put that on my resume. But and <laughs> and then also like I've had a recent experience where I literally broke down and cried afterwards. Is I was the, given the opportunity and to be at a table where everybody was X amount of years older, and there were some people too, but they were more experienced than I was. And I was super intimidated, serious, like sweating. And I'm like, how am I going to start this conversation? How am I going to chime into this conversation? And the avenue of like social media came up. I don't like to be labeled as like a millennial that knows social media, but cool. Like just, I know how to, I know I can think of cool shit ideas. Like that's going to be resonating to the target audience or whatever. And I finally got the guts to speak up. And when I said it, they're like, they all got quiet. And I thought I was like giving them a stupid idea. And they're like, oh my God let's use it i'm like what this is crazy but my boss is like it's not the amount of years you you've done this it's about what you know that's like why you're at a table that's why you're in this position you something inside of you has triggered them to be like hey you're you're good at what you do you need to show it and share that with everyone well and i think the key thing there that we've all kind of said yeah is fear yeah like, definitely. you have to let go of the fear because at the end of the day, you're, you do have something to give to, you know, whatever opportunity. You have something to put on the table. I mean, as much as those older that are outside of the millennial generation, as much as they hate to admit it, they don't know technology. Yeah, they We've don't. grown up with it. So I, a big example is showing my parents how to Facebook, how to oh, text. Yeah. El how face. To, oh, yeah. El yeah. face. And now they use it more than I do. Right. But, like, at the same time, it's yeah. like being that bridge for them yeah. and to think that in corporate America there still are people who 
refuse to give in but they want to play off that they know it Mm -hmm. but they won't they will never admit that they need your help because of obviously it's like I'm asking for help from somebody younger but for me I also feel it empowering when somebody older than me comes to me and says yeah I don't know how to do this Mm -hmm. can you help me because that for me is just a game changer but it's not even like I think of it it's not even conquering it's like making fear your friend because no matter what you're gonna have fear involved in whatever you do so it's like you either befriend it or have that little enemy being beside you the entire way and you're just like giving it shade the entire yeah own it that that you are stepping outside of the country I think that fear that fear that you're speaking of is probably one of the biggest reasons we have that as millennials we have that that stigma tied to us because and and it's fear coming from both sides Mm -hmm. it's fear from those older outside of that category thinking well these kids are acting a certain way because they just feel that they need to be acting a certain way they need to be acting entitled because that's the only way they're going to get through. And that kind of power, I think, is scary. I mean, even even at somebody our level, you know, I can see somebody my age, you know, working at a certain company or doing a certain job, getting a certain amount of money that intimidates me. And it makes me think, okay, am I not doing enough? It starts building that fear. And so whenever I do get something that I'm really good at or I find a... Uh, uh, a subject that just really I like it it intimidates me to want to show that off you know so Mm -hmm. then the fear comes in on that side I think a lot of the entitlement and a lot of the uh, the ideas that people have about millennials are born out of fear you know they're born from us thinking okay so I I need to come at this in a way that not only shows off that I know what I'm talking about but that I'm serious and people can definitely mis- misread that as, oh, they're being entitled. They're being a crybaby. Yeah. They're just yeah. wanting to get everything handed to them on a, on a silver platter. And it's like, no, no, it's definitely not that. You know, you're tying that to this giant group that has all these ideas. And while we may not have that experience yet, that doesn't mean that we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. You know? Isn't there like a quote that's like, if you're not ter- completely <clears throat> terrified of something you're doing, you're doing it wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> what about you, Luis? You've been really quiet over there. I, I, I was thinking <laughs> you were going to be... Luis and Cynthia. This, yeah, I feel like everyone is saying what I want to say. So I'm just like, <laughs> just have the spotlight. So oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Uh, you know, being Mexican-American, first-generation... It's not easy. We have to prove so many people wrong. You have to prove that you're not the bad hombre that people, you know, want to label you as. And, you know, it's a constant struggle having to always, like, give off a first good... I mean, you have to make good first impressions anywhere you go. But for us, I feel it's even more important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of my take on that. And then the fear, the whole fear thing, you know, nothing cool ever happens in the the comfort zone. So that's kind of... I've learned that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really, really good point. Nothing cool ever happens in the comfort zone. Yeah, you can quote me on that. You put that on a t-shirt. Next scary V. Watch, if I don't see that next week walking around the streets of Austin during South <laughs> Park, then I'm going to get on it because that was good. Thank you. What about you, Cynthia? What do you have to no, say? No, I completely agree. I feel like one of the fears that I've always had is just because I'm a minority mm-hmm. and you're always constantly, you know, we struggle like me being a first generation 
seeing my parents struggle and just we're always I don't know how to say it but we just get stuck into that air idea that oh you're not going to do anything you're not going to graduate well I did that I graduated high school after that I went to college I worked my butt off for that and then just trying to find a job after it's been like a constant struggle just and a fear I guess that I've had is just that I'm going to be that statistic but I've pushed myself to get out there that's the key word right there like mm-hmm. I've lived by I will not be part of the statistics Statistic. like yeah. I will not be I mean for me I grew I grew up in an area where a lot of my parents friends all had daughters my age who were having children yeah oh, and I yeah. said I will not be somebody who has a child in like you know at 16 at mm-hmm. 18 yeah mm-hmm. in high school I will not be someone who does not graduate high school I will go to college I push that further to I will get a graduate degree mm-hmm. and for me that's what I've always moved the needle on like proving that I will not be the statistic because if I'm at a table and somebody says oh well you're a minority you know you probably you know list every stereotype we have and I'm like actually no I don't fit any of those for me it's just it's a motivator to be like don't label me as somebody who you think I am when I've worked just as hard as anyone else at this table. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, like I was, I was gonna like uh, just keep, I guess keep. Uh, yeah. Hey, first of all, I just want to let everyone know that we're just here in a table, <laughs> in a table, just talking. We're not professionals at this, so just uh, you know, we're just letting our mind. This was not true. What I want to know, like everybody has that one thing that has motivated them, or has like a little voice in their head, or they re- like repeat that one memory, whether it be like your parents' story that's like, holy shoot, how'd you get through it? Or your personal story. Like, I want to hear one piece of motivation, whether it be it's like your family or someone you've heard. Like, what's that one piece of motivation that keeps going? Uh, my parents. But, I mean, it's so like cliche. Mem- like, me- like a memory, that's though. True. Like, when yeah, I no, study no, at, like... Well, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, it's, it's so cliche. It's the, it's the cliche story. Yeah. Well, my dad, well, he he's a, he's a citizen, right? He's a citizen now. But uh, his story on how he came to the United States, he 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 uh, he had a he took the uh, the inner tube out of a tractor in Mexico, and uh, he he floated over the river, and uh, oh and he 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 crossed, and then he, they had to walk like over a hundred miles, and they they went in this abandoned house. They were in this abandoned house for weeks, and then uh, uh, him and and some other people, and uh, and they ended up in Dallas. And then just I, the, the, like those first few years, he was in the United States. Like it, he was, uh, I think he was 24. I'm 23. I could not imagine doing that. Yeah. Just, I don't. I, I'm. A, I, I consider myself a brave person. Yeah. You know, I'm not afraid of a lot of things. You know. But I, I really. That's that's extreme. That's fear. That's that fearless. That. That's fearless. And he, and he hadn't met my mom yet, but he came here for the hope. Yeah. Of of having kids and and finding love or and and. But the, the fearlessness, he, he, he worked in, I don't know how he ended up in Wisconsin shoveling shit uh, like off at a ranch and snow. Wow. But the, the life, I'm saying that he had a life in Mexico that, that was, a, he's, he was on a ranch. You know, yeah. they have a ranch in Mexico. They have cows, horses, they farm, you know. And that's a really 
chill life. But but see, the the bravery of someone wanting to wanted to know more than that reality that they know right there, because the world's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you think just because you went to college and this and that 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 oh I, could, I went to college and my mind can can no. think and no. is expanded mm-hmm. and, and I'm 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 woke. You know I can I'm I know woke. philosophy <laughs> this and that. And you think only because of that that your mind can work in that certain way where you think the world's big. No, people are in little ranches in Mexico thinking just like we do, but they don't have the opportunities that we have. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's what I'm what I'm trying to get to is uh, yeah. we have everything right now. Like we, uh, most of us in here, you know, uh, uh, or we we're, we have the, we have the opportunity to go to college, mm-hmm. or we do, and, and I guess the opportunities are limitless. And I guess that motivational thing, it was just the fearlessness of my, my dad. Your dad, yeah. And and then uh, where he's at now, you know, uh, and how he, I say, if I if I'm a parent and my son graduated college and he's okay, Heck you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did a good job. So, uh, you know, just that fearlessness, you know, and that motivates me. Just, I, I feel like I haven't done anything yet to compare to that, but I want to one day, you know. So, just to, you know, that's really what motivates me. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. What about what, what? What about you, Ingrid? I think um, I get emotional, but my mom, my mom, and my dad have pushed through a lot of adversity. And I think even still till till this day, like there's been moments where I just really want to hit someone for anything that they do to my parents. But my mom really, she, I don't, I don't even know what the like. I, there's no words to describe my mom. I think I try to be a reflection of her, a part of her, like a one tenth, one hundredth of her. And she literally had a carrito of cueritos and i don't know if you know what cueritos are they have repollo cueritos mm-hmm. vinagre yeah all that stuff so she would put all the stuff in a bag and set up this was not how it should have been done in mexico but she would set up outside of the 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 school and there's like a little hole and the little kids would be like senora get on un cuero and my mom's like okay paseme el dollar or whatever so the kid would literally like put in a bag the dollar and then my mom would throw over the wall like un chicharron de cueritos and like that's how my mom like that one story has motivated me i'm like if my mom like had three girls and all of them graduated from or sorry four girls i'm forgetting a sister three girl four girls and Three of them went to SMU. One of them went to UT. They all graduated. They all have touched corporate America at some point. Like they all have like have something. And that story, it's like literally, mi mamá no tenía negocio. Like she didn't have a business business, but she made herself her own like own business. You oh, know, she certainly had a business. Well, I mean, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. But like classified as a business where you have the, like your permit and all that stuff, but. Mm-hmm. And one thing I like, so I admire her, right? Period. And then I remember I was so nervous into driving. So I was taking my driving course or whatever. And it was my first time to get on the highway. So my mom's like, let's practice. You're going to get on the highway. I'm like, mom, but I don't say like how to get in. Like, what do I go? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, Ingrid, you know how to read and you know how to talk in English. What else do you need? And at that moment, I'm like, I need to shut up because she's right. (laughs) Like, I know how to read and talk English. So it's just like, figure it out. So that's like my motivation. Yeah, it it goes back to that saying, you know, querer es poder. I mean, it really is. It truly is. You know, you want something bad enough, 
bro, you make it happen. happen. You know what I mean? Regardless if you're selling guaritos to little kids, (laughs) trying to make your way, (laughs) you do it. I mean, it's just, yeah. Hustling. Yeah, just hustle. (laughs) And I think that's one... That's one thing that gets tied back to us, you know, falling in that millennial category that people think, you know, oh, well, you're not out there pushing yourself, trying to uh, to make ends meet and to, you know. Oh, you're not? Hello? Is that better? Yeah. Okay. yeah. That much better. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that that fa- that we fall into that that negative characteristic for for millennials because i'll be completely honest i do know a lot of people my age who are lazy who are just you know waiting around for something to come to them taking their two thousand pictures on instagram getting as many likes as they can dude if you're not making any kind of moves with that then what are you doing i mean what are you doing with with your life somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) that that example like you're, you're asking for an example of that moment where you just kind of came into the realization. I felt that in my college experience. I, I have I, my brother and sister both went to college. You know, I came uh, from uh, my 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 parents are immigrants. I was I mean, I'm I'm first generation, but I was the third to go to college. But even at that, they went to college during a way different time than I did. You know, mm-hmm. so not using that as an excuse, but I took that as okay. I'm still gonna have to figure this out on my own. I got to a point in my college career, I literally, I failed. I was like, I got, what, what's the word? I was, um, I mean, I wasn't expelled, probation. but I was, Pro- I was probation. put on academic probation. Yeah. I was not allowed to go to UT for a whole semester. That was the I remember last, that. Yeah. I was like, dude, WTF. Like yeah. that is, that is so your fault. Like you let this happen. And of course, Various things happened, you know, in my personal life throughout the year that that led up to that. But ultimately, I mean, I, I couldn't wallow in my pity. I had to just stand up, shut up, and get it done. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, dude, you're either going to make this world yours or you're going to let it swallow you up. You have to, like, that, that was my moment that I realized I have all this power at my fingertips. You know, okay, so I got this placed upon me. What am I going to do? Okay, so I started looking at at, uh, at courses that I could take at ACC, the local community college, to, to keep going. I wasn't going to stop my education. I wasn't going to stop and just, you know, sit there and cry about it, get a nine-to-five job and, you know, deviate from, from college. So I did that, and my world changed. That was how I got interested in video editing, that's how I got interested in the world of production. And so because of that, I told myself, dude, this is why that happened. It sucks and it shouldn't have happened. You should have been more, more responsible. You should have been more careful. But take this and make it yours now. You know, go with it. This, these things are coming at you for, for a reason. You know, I, I had to go out and look for those opportunities. But it's what you do with them also because i mean there are plenty of opportunities there are plenty i mean here today you know i've already started networking with a couple other people that i get the ball rolling okay how can i start incorporating these people that i can help them and they can help me you know it's it's that mindset of of moving forward that i think together yeah that it's something that we need to focus on big thing and i feel like I've noticed it more within like my Latino friends or, you know, these minorities 
that we always think of our community. We always think of, you know what? I have somebody who can do that. Yeah. Like, we always think of somebody. <laughs> Pack them in the car. Come on, let's go. But it's, it's beautiful to me because we want to help each other move forward. Yeah. Because if all you need is an opportunity, it's like, bye, aquí está. Yeah. Show mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I definitely resonate with you in my one moment yeah. that really pushed me into, like, like you guys are going to hate on me. I'll show you. It was college. And um, I've lived in, like, this little naive bubble because I was fortunate enough that my parents worked their butt off to or butts off to send me to private you know high schools private schools in houston because the public schools are not great Mm -hmm. so they were like you know what we need to send you somewhere where we know you will be set up for success you know where it was surrounded by great people pushed you know got accepted into a top private university showed up and my first semester Somebody, like I was walking around with one of my friends and we were talking, meeting, you know, all these new freshmen. And this guy came up and like, he was like, hey, like, nice to meet y'all. And somewhere in the conversation, it came up of what we wanted to study, what we were doing. And I just remember one of his comments was, well, I mean, I'm glad you're trying to reach, you know, this goal, but you know, you're only here because we need to fill a minority percentage. Oh, man. Oh, what a- oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so my face was, oh, cool. I was like, well, I'm glad they, they let me in that way. I'm, I'm really glad that that was the reason. So it wasn't because I was a top honor student. It wasn't because I was, you know, magna cum laude, whatever, in high school. It wasn't because I busted my ass in AP classes you know, I'm really glad that I fit that minority percentage for this university. And, like, and thank you for telling me yeah, that. Yeah, I had I no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so like I walked away, but one of my friends was like, why aren't you pissed? And I was like, because those are the people I'm going to prove wrong. Yeah. Oh. Because he may very well be there because of a daddy bought your way here. <laughs> I'm not going to throw that in his face. But for me, if that's what you think of me, okay, cool. But I'll see you when I get called up with all honors on me mm-hmm. and you have nothing. Boy, bye. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's been what's pushed me to this day of there's always going to be that person who doesn't think you belong or doesn't think that you have it in you. And OK, cool. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. Like I will be a boss. That's right. You are. <laughs> you are a boss one day. Hey, um, quick question. Like, who's, do y'all speak Spanish? Like, yeah. 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 So, like, so like, you grew up speaking Spanish? Yes. So, yeah. was there a point where you ever, like, uh, when you were younger, where y'all only knew Spanish, right? Yeah. Like, do you ever remember transitioning from thinking in Spanish to, uh, uh, like, thinking in English? I still think in Spanish. Uh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Like, yeah. like It you, takes me forever to write an email because I still process in Spanish. So sometimes my check of reviewing my email is, oh wait, that, that's the other way. Like I have to fix grammatical things yeah. because I just type something out, but I'm thinking in Spanish. It's weird. I, I get caught up in presentations. Like right now I'm thinking in Spanish, but I'm speaking English. That's why I went back and forth with Spanish and English. Because it's hard for me. It happens to me all the time, especially at work with all my Caucasian coworkers. (laughs) You know, being the only Hispanic there. um, I'm so used to, like, talking, you know, in Spanglish. So, yeah. Mine's the, o sea, like, o sea, pero, entiendes, right? Pero, like, no. No, no entiendo. I'll, I'll definitely still forget a word. Like, I'm thinking of something, I'm like, 
I know it in Spanish, but I don't know how to convey this in English. So give me a second, you know. Yeah, it's, Wait, it's, let it's me Google it. Yeah, it's like sometimes I, don't, sometimes I don't know a word in Spanish, but I know it in English. Mm-hmm. And then, then the same thing happens in yeah. English. Oh, yeah, yeah it's just, I thought, you know, it's just like... But thing. that yeah. moment, I mean, for me, it probably happened when I was really young. I mean, you know, we grew up in public schools where, yeah, a lot of people spoke Spanish, but, I mean, they have to teach in English. You know, you have to show... You have to be educated in English, you know, in, in these public schools, unless you're in a bilingual class. So, yeah, I probably learned that super young. But I was embarrassed to speak Spanish. Like, mm-hmm. af- like my parents my parents and my sisters made it a fact that I cannot speak Spanish outside of the house. Like, really? that's only in the house because Word. my sisters got put in ESL classes oh. um, and they didn't want the same for me. Like my sister, my oldest sister, she actually came to the United States. Obviously, she's a citizen. She was she was born in Chicago, but she went to Mexico, then came back to to Dallas, and she was literally doing her homework with a dictionary, like word by word translating. Then she became valedictorian. So it's like that push of like ing- like stick to English. Yeah. That's how you're gonna get far. Was always my mentality, and my sister that that same sister bought a house in a really great area in Dallas and that's how I was able to go to school instead of going to school in the hood yeah. where I was supposed to go right yeah. and I in in high school I, I look back at how it was and I was just like this little privileged little Hispanic girl like oh my god guys like hi like never encouraging like myself to be like learn about my culture and I didn't get that until I was in college and then I realized, whoa, I'm way too Hispanic. Like, have tapatillo, I have a mangonada, and I'm, like, cooking myself. Like, I want some fajitas, some tacos de orcoa, whatever. And I didn't realize that until I separated myself from my family. Real quick, y'all. Ingrid makes the best fresas con, oh, crema. Fresa con crema. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Changed my life. I am not even kidding. I've had other ones after that. And I'm like, yeah, no, these aren't hot good um, <laughs> hers are the best these. we'll bring them we'll bring them next time next yes. time yeah so i don't know i i realized that and especially working with um in the field i don't want to say like a corporate name but where there's a lot of hispanics that love speaking spanish i was like oh my god it just sounds so beautiful it's a beautiful way of communicating with one another so but yeah. on that line, like, I'm always terrified when I speak Spanish sometimes because yeah. of the fact that, so, at a place of employment that yes. I was, where I'm surrounded by these people who speak, like, hardcore, perfect. perfect Spanish, have spoken, like, can speak it really fast and everything. I can speak really fast. I mean, I was not allowed to speak English in my house when I got home from school. My dad made it a rule that he would not answer me unless I spoke to him in Spanish. Wow. Loved it. I can speak really fluently, like that is how I think. But when I'm around people, I used to get picked on where it's like, ay, como que no sabes esta palabra? Estás haciendo. And it's like, I'm not Mexican. Like, yeah. I'm Salvadoran. Yeah. So for me, it's a completely different dialect. Having worked in, you know, a corporate environment where everyone is Mexican, I did pick it up. And my mom to this day will say, ay, tú eres mexicana. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, because I still have moments when I'm around these people that I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, what does it mean? So it's like, for me, it's that fear that, like, I won't fit in in either category. Because it's like, in English, people will say, well, you don't have an, an accent. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't need one. Like, yeah. How, like, I don't, how do they say, how do they say, uh, what, no, uh, straw in, in Salvadorian Spanish? Like a straw, like that straw, the, 
when you're drinking out of your cup? Um, How do you say it? Because I know that Mexican Spanish, it's different. So it's like, we we call it una pajilla. 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 Yeah. yeah. My Venezuelan coworker, they call it pitillo. And we call <laughs> it popote. Right? Yeah. 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 popote. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, oh, dame una pajilla. And I was like, everyone was staring at me like, what? Yeah. Have you all so like have you ever like well so like I, I speak Spanish, you know, I I speak it pretty well. But then like you meet someone that, that's fluent in Spanish, even like they can be from anywhere like it what I've noticed a lot too, like uh uh uh, I guess in the in the news industry, a lot of people they speak the uh, it's not Mexican Spanish, it's uh, uh, Castellano. What are they? Like Castellano. Yeah, yeah, especially even in the in the in the Texas market too. Mm-hmm. You know, but like you know, but like you meet someone from Mexico or that that's fluent in Spanish, that that's their natural language, you know, that's their first language. But then like you you try to have a conversation and you can still communicate. But I've realized that I don't have my true. I'm not my true self when I'm. In Spanish, I guess when I'm speaking mm-hmm. Spanish and in English, I'm two completely different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I can be my true self in English because I, I don't know, it's just the way that I, you feel I, comfortable. I, it's the way that I know how to express myself. But in Spanish, I feel like I feel like I can't even fall in love in Spanish. I can. Oh my god. I, <laughs> I mean, I want to. I, I fall in love more in Spanish. Yeah. Than you know, I no, can. I mean, I'm, I mean, the, we got the we got the right music to do it. Like, you know, to fall in love. <laughs> it's not even about the music. It's about like if I. Well, this goes, this is a whole nother podcast, but it's like, if I meet a guy and he gets me and, but not only like, am I (laughs) like American, but like Hispanic, but it's not about like you just being Hispanic. It's not sometimes the the whole package, the whole package. No, but I'm saying if you were straight up only knew Spanish, I'm saying, yeah, if I meet a, a a Hispanic woman, yeah. And we can, but she also speaks English like, you know, like me, but I'm saying if I, if she's straight up, like from like Mexico and doesn't know a, a bit of English, no, I'm saying I, I could fall in love because like you never know. But I'm saying that I can't be my true self to her right now. I have to you gotta give me a minute. Adapt, you have to adapt. Yeah, you gotta give me a minute. I think, I'm I think saying, that's the true reality. We all struggle with a dual personality. Yeah. And yeah. and yes, you could go one or the other, but to feel a hundred percent comfortable, you need that dual reality of yourself because you're gonna cross the line back and forth. Like mm-hmm. you're just gonna jump depending on like if you're carrying a Spanglish conversation, like. It's just going to happen, like, naturally. I agree. I, agree. Yeah, I have that yeah. problem. I, I yeah, agree yeah. to that. And I think that that also comes back to our our age range. Because I definitely know that people older than us, you know, I think, like, my brother and sister who are, you know, in their late 30s, they don't fall into that. You know, they, de- we, they don't struggle with that dual personality that we're talking about. You know, us, on the other hand, we get the opportunity to have more more platforms and more more chances to to utilize both that English and For Spanish, sure. you know? So we I think we we struggle with it a little more. For sure, cuz my brother is 7 years younger than me and he does not asso- uh, associate himself as being bilingual. Mm. We grew up in the same household, he just didn't like Spanish and he he can speak it, but I call him our little coconut cuz he just <laughs> he's like he knows basic Spanish, yeah. but and he can understand it, but he just doesn't connect with it but his biggest thing is he doesn't it doesn't bother him and to me it would bother me if I was like him and only knew English but again those that are older than me I've seen that where Mm -hmm. they steer more towards Spanish and like English is just an understanding of what they have to know Mm -hmm. whereas for I think the beauty of our generation is we do straddle that line Mm -hmm. like that's how it is like 
that's how it changed with myself and my big bro- my big brother is seven years older than me but he is he considers himself he he grew up uh, uh i think his first uh 10 years in, in chihuahua and but and his friends and everything he they speak spanish with within each other and like and uh I, you know i'm friends with his friends too we're really uh close and and also my cousins but the way he communicates with them and the way i communicate with them is different they're like you know how like you meet friends in Spanish, I guess, or like, you know, you know, but like, yeah, definitely. they're like, nombre, nombre, but like the way they say those words and, and like, it's so natural. But when I say it, it's, it just sounds like, what are you, what are you doing? Are you, yeah, it sounds like you're forcing Are you pandering? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, we can't communicate. And like, it's just one, seven years apart, but he's like, that's his true identity is yeah. his Spanish side. But it comes to your experience, like what you've been growing up with. For sure. For the longest mm-hmm. time, I had no idea who this Simon guy was. Who's that? What's that? Like when you said Simon. Oh, Simon. <laughs> I was like, why do you keep He's saying it? Yeah. And, and also, I've never in my life, nor do I know many people who say ese. Ese. Like, yeah, that, is a a, California that is a stereotype. Yeah, yeah that California is 100% LA. like, no, ese. We're going to go to the mall. I don't know. I mean, that, that's just, <laughs> not, that's how, see, and, and that's how, that's, that's how mainstream geography. America yeah. portrayed us. Like, you know, my name is Hector. And, like, when I was in football, you know, I grew up, I mean, in Duncanville, it's like it's like half Mexican, half black. But, like, I always ended up, you know, I played football. And, like, you know, I, was, I grew up playing sports. And I was always – so everyone that played sports in Duncanville, it was just mostly – unless you played soccer, every other sport is just majority black, like 90% black. I was probably the only Mexican that many times. And, like, my name is Hector. And like everyone, <laughs> Hector yeah. uh, from uh, Fridays, like, it's yeah. Angel does homes. Yeah. I heard that like through like eighth grade all the way till I graduated. It was funny too because like I like that scene, but <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, I mean we yeah we I guess we even like we had an idea of who we were supposed to be growing up, you know. Yeah. But then like as we got older, we we're like, what? That's question, question, random question. So you know, in high school, how they vote you voted for most blah 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 did anybody get anything mm-hmm. i did what'd you get i got voted as most dramatic uh. i don't know what they were talking about <laughs> <laughs> i'm not dramatic that's why you came out suited up like I a singer believe that yeah <laughs> mine didn't have the word most but i was voted like dimples just because i was always like Aww. likely to be smiling yeah like anything. that's a good one that's a cute one I was uh, voted most random because i would just say the randomest things like everybody was having like a serious conversation that would be like Wait, where are we? Like, yeah. I was yeah. random, was random. Yeah. I was voted most likely to go to jail. Whatever. <laughs> uh, how, many year, how many years did you do time in? <laughs> Two days. That's cool. uh, I respect you. You're a different man now. Do you, do you want to hear the list? What? <laughs> There's a list. So you 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 guys remember that that one person in high school that was like involved with everything? It was like, oh my god! Like, like of the course, total job. If I total. if I go to this function, this person's gonna be there for sure. You're talking to him. That was me. I was most popular my sophomore, junior, and senior year, and senior year I was most popular. Most likely to succeed, and uh, Mr. Del Rio High School. How was that? And I was class president, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Wow. wow. So, Perdón. Yeah. Did you wear your letterman <laughs> so in your that, freshman year of college? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I did not do. Well, 
it's too hot, so I couldn't wear it. No, no, no. no. I, I got schooled on that right away. They were like, don't you dare even bring it to uh, college. Like, you were the Danny no. Zuko. I was the Danny, Danny Zuko. Zuko. I was like, dude, I was the king of that school. <laughs> and I did the morning announcements. Okay, yeah. I did that too, though. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. No, but it, it's something that I honestly, I wear that with like a badge of pride. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. Why not, bro? So yeah, people, so do I. I bet, I bet people hated on you because yeah. you were trying to do shit. And then uh, they try to make you feel bad for you being ambitious. Oh, 100%. You just all the time. Can't help I bet you get all the time. I bet your whole family gives you shit. And then oh, in yeah, college, weren't, college weren't you voted like what? Mr. TLD and all that stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oy. Oy. What does that stand for? My, my fun fact, you know, like whenever you're in a new group or I know it happened a lot in high school and college where they'd be, you know, oh, say your name and then uh, say like something fun about you. My my fun fact is that I have won two. I've only competed in, but I have won two man pageants. Wow. wow. Yes, ma'am. Yes, right. What the hell? What That's right. I what did that. What, what have we been doing with our lives? Like a pageant, you know? Yes. No. <laughs> no. No. What, what no. Do? I mean, it was, flex, oil, it was, it was no, a... That's a bodybuilding. Yeah, well, I mean, we do that too, but not on stage. <laughs> No, I mean, it was like both of them were fundraisers for uh, organizations, oh, and it was like, get a bunch of people, get a bunch of dudes up there, you know. Take a seat, Hector. Be be funny, you know. It, it was like, it was a fun thing, you That's know. Cool. And uh, both of those I won. What was your talent? Uh, the first pageant that I did, I, I danced. Like, I did a choreographed dance with this girl from the dance team. And the second one, I did this, like, spoken word i was trying so hard to be <laughs> like oh i'm gonna be like different and do the spoken <laughs> word thing it was really, and you won, it was really so. weird but i won so anybody else junior year of high school i got i was a homecoming prince oh i campaigned I so hard for that <laughs> pr all the way yeah never worked so hard in my life <laughs> <laughs> um, the day, the day, uh, I guess we found out. Well, I found out that video. Where, I mean, uh, so I ran for class president. Uh-huh. So like, uh, uh, Kevin helped me make a video. So we made a little video, and then I ended up winning class president too. Nice. And, uh, uh, oh, before that, you know, homecoming king too. Oh, it, it, it keeps it, on going. I feel so. And then I know. I'm kidding. That's it. But that's but. I I don't know if you did it to, when you were running, but that's like that's how when social media and like it just marketing that's why I, I didn't even know it was marketing until like last year i knew what marketing was <laughs> but that was it i mean all throughout freaking uh high school middle you've been school. doing it yeah, yeah. but you yeah. don't so, know so serious question did you guys like do posters and stuff i since, did since social I media totally wasn't 100% posters yeah. like my mom would call them my poster parties like i'd invite friends over <laughs> Me and be too? like all right so we're gonna make these posters y'all are gonna help okay, me let's like, just stop yeah. for a second and realize that the newer generations don't know no, that. Yeah. Like, they don't know no. poster parties. They don't know like. I don't Really? When I was running for lieutenant, I would make like my whole squad like, oh, yeah. hey, let's have a day where like, I'll, I'll buy y'all. yeah, I'll, I'll buy pizza <laughs> and <laughs> lieutenant of drill team. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I was in dance, so I would make them like not make them, but ask them. Be like, hey. She made them. <laughs> Be like, hey guys, let's go meet together. I'll bring pizza. Let let's do this, and then we would fly her the whole school. But the sucky part about it is my school was petty. So as soon as you put it up, you should have put it up at the end because people put their posters on top of your posters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, my school. We just did the video. Right? We just made yeah. three videos. Like we got rappers from the school. 
to like rap about oh, him. Oh, that's oh, cool. And it went viral, hey, like overnight on Facebook, oh, like boom. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> my, my, my school wasn't that ahead of their time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so one, one of the things that I, uh, I liked most about doing that is, and, and now that I think about it, it was definitely marketing because I, I would go to like the different demographics, if you will, of that school. You know, I mean, I had at least a friend or two that were friends of friends in in the different. You know, I had friends who were in band. You know, I had friends who were uh, all the jocks, all the football players. So I'd go to like one of those people and be like, "Hey, would you mind passing out these flyers?" Or uh, one thing I always did, like I buy like this. Jumbo Cupcakes. package of uh, huh? Cupcakes. That's what they no, would do. No, we were not allowed to give food. Uh, that was one thing. I um, gave so much food during my campaign. <laughs> <laughs> and then it worked. It worked. There you go. See, food. Yeah. If we could do food, shoot. Food is love. Mm-hmm. Seriously. But no, I would go to the people that I knew were, I mean, underrepresented, if you will. Like, I'd go to the, the friends that I remember from elementary school, the really quiet girl that was, like, always in her books and, you know never really socializing i'd go to her and be like dude pass these out in your next class boom see everybody with my pencils that had the little tag vote for hugo you know it, it, and it worked i mean it, it obviously worked i my senior year i asked for the number of uh, how many votes i got when uh when i won class president and the sponsor said this she said well i won't tell you how many you got but just know this the person who came in second Got like twenty five votes. Wow! I mean, oh, we're hundreds of people man, in my class. Man, man, what? Oh, go ahead. You should have had a juice, and then it says, "Get a Hugo if you vote for Hugo." Yeah. Uh, Where were you oh. back in the day? I'm still available for hiring anyone. But when uh, when I was running, uh, so this guy, I'm. I don't even want to say his name because probably he, I'll get to what he was. I think he's he's plotting on killing me. But oh so, my gosh. well, because we, we were running for like a, another office for like Skills USA. I don't know if you. It's like this, like a, no. it's what? like a. Um, I, we were. I was in video, so I competed in video, and it's like a, uh, people that are like in in uh, trades. It's called Skills USA. But we were competing. I mean, we were running for like the vice president role. He was running, and I was like, there was no one running against him. I was like, I'm gonna run, so I won, and I beat him to that. He was sad. He was depressed. And the following year, he he was running for class president. And I was like, I want to run. And then I beat him, and then, uh, <laughs> and, then I, and something else senior. But yeah, I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna kill me because he was, she just seeing me and just. You were just picking on him. No. Yeah. Oh, but oh yeah, but I was trying. What I was trying to say. Yeah. Oh yeah, you my friend, away. my friend would. Yeah. Anyways, but oh yeah, I would ask people. You know, how you said you'll go to people that that were just like, oh, like you know, just like kind of like uh, just by themselves. I would go to people and I, I asked Jordan. I was, uh, I don't really oh, talk yeah. to him. Uh, a guy that he ended up going to Texas State. But uh, he's different, you know. He, that's why. That's why I love him. You know, he's different. And uh, I went up to him and I was like, "Hey, man. So, what, what would you like to see? Like, you know, for your senior year, what could we do?" He was like, "I want you to build like the hallways, like a forest, and have trees so we can swing from class to class." <laughs> and I, uh, and I he can just totally do that. <laughs> done. And he just put his head back down on the table, and I was like, "Oh, all right." But then he voted for me. He told me he voted for me. But yeah, that's the, that's the things like you never know who you're gonna meet. Did you, you follow know? up on his request? No, but I said oh. that I was, no. But we got. I was like, hey man, I'll see what I can do, man. You know, I'm trying to get this <laughs> this deal. You know, with the. But yeah, it never worked out. But still, wait. wait uh, four years later, I we we're still cool. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I was gonna I was gonna go on that too. 
it's happened multiple times that I've run into somebody who went to high school with me and they're just like, dude, like straight up, you inspired me every single day. Like I would see like all the stuff you were involved in and like how well liked you were. And I'm like, you know what, dude, that means a lot because I mean, I didn't just do it for myself. I did it to really be involved. And, you know, I, I was always taught that to have a change in the world, you need to be you need to be the change. You need to be involved and actually be proactive about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, there were certainly people, like you said, that would hate on you and, and tell you all this and that going, you know, ah, well, I mean, so you, e- easily we couldn't have been any. I mean, I, I used to my first two years, I used to just want to fight people at school like someone look at me wrong <laughs> i just want to like i got You're so aggressive i know now the day i changed i got beat up by like uh like 10 dudes and then i was like i need you got a, jumped i got jumped what well, worst yeah but the thing is like I, you realize that it's stupid it's like a really archaic way of thinking and then especially like you know if uh, if you involve yourself in school or like with anything like i was in soccer and then like my soccer coach was like hey you're an idiot you're stupid. I'm gonna kick you off the team because what I just said. You know, you're an idiot. and You're stupid. And then, and then I, I that's when I really thought everything. I was like, man, I need to change. This is dumb. Uh, I'm only here for two more years. Uh, I can either go one way or another way. And the roads are completely different. You know. So I guess what well, I'm trying. I don't know. It's just like there's decisions when we that we make when we're young that could take us on one road or or. Or it takes another road. But everything know? happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, yeah, you, you can. Because yeah. I definitely, I see where you're coming in, and Ugo touched on something that totally resonated in my head right now, where you want to inspire people. Yeah. And part of what I've noticed with these millennials that are coming in or who are younger than me, they don't really see the value of your, like first impression, the value of how you look. Because mm-hmm. at work, I have you know juniors that report to me and I help them you know I I mold them into what we want what you know this industry like bring them up but they're always like Carla you're always so dressed up like okay yes we're in Austin it's a very casual atmosphere but for me that doesn't give me the excuse to show up to work in like leggings and a t-shirt like it's just not my thing even if it's jeans or like a nice shirt like I've always just liked to make sure I'm presentable and I feel that I've had so many compliments where people are like, well, you inspire me to make sure I look good. Like, you inspire me to make sure I'm thinking ahead. I'm like, that's great. But I think my question for you guys is, is that something you should inspire someone? Because for me, I just thought it's natural. Like, you would want to have a good impression on someone. You would want that. that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, going off on that point, I think self, like, you know, your brand, it's so important. Everything you do on, like, social media, the way you dress, who you hang out with. Yes. That Especially is so important. Yeah. Sorry, did yeah. I just totally no. throw it? No, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think yeah. that 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 point you're making, you know, do you? You know, you were saying like, do you think it's a it's an important thing to or what was like, it again? Well, do you do you think it it should be something we're inspiring? Like, I, I know it comes naturally, mm-hmm. but my thought is, oh, that's lovely, but why? Like, why would I inspire you that if it should just be? already embedded in you like it should be a natural thing i feel like if someone judges you i mean i don't know if it's like i don't know like if i'm answering the question but if someone judges you off based off the 
clothes that you have on, I don't want to associate myself with that pe- with that person. No, it's, it's not about you know judging you know the brand. brand you're wearing. Not I mean, like what we're talking about like you know soap yeah. brand isn't like the vibe, the aesthetic that you give off. Like, oh, Carla, she's such a lovely girl. I love hanging out with her. You know, that's. Oh, yeah. But I think there's like an outside aesthetic and then there's an inside, like an inner aesthetic. I think for me, I've learned that there, there's two points to this. One is you can you can deliver your little Louis Vuittons, your little Zara outfit or whatever. But you have a nasty personality. Yeah. I don't want to deal with you. And I think it's OK. You own it with your outer clothes. You own it. But you don't own it with your inner inner clo- like inner spirit and inner personality and your motives and your highest power and how you want to give impact. I don't I don't care. Yeah. So it's like for me, I even go like personally, I we, we I do work for like a small startup. And sometimes I go in there, go me moño like my big old bun, oh, yes. like my workout clothes. But at the end of the day, I'm going to put in work. And at the end of the day, if I have to, I know my, my boundaries. If I need to go and speak to the client. I'm going to wear heels yes. and I'm going to wear a dress or whatever. But that, I get that's it. the key yeah, one. That's like, you know what, know who your know audience what, is in that moment. Yeah. But yeah. a good example, like, that I always use, and it just baffles me, when somebody comes in for an interview and they're wearing... Flip-flops. Jeans. It's like going... Flip-flops. Yeah. Jeans that are, like, all... Like, you can Torn see the up, person, yeah. like, grab them from the floor. <laughs> like, a shirt. And I'm just like, okay, you're coming here to try to get a position... And I want to try to focus on what you have to offer, but your appearance is distracting me from that. So it's it's just little things. Like it doesn't even matter what you're wearing. Like I don't care about the brand. I don't care how you put together your outfit. It's the presentation. Like yeah. you can have as much confidence in the world, but at least look like you want me mm-hmm. to make sure that you're presentable. And and that's what I feel like in the industry I'm I've seen. It's a big struggle for like the millennials. And I don't know if it's because we've had such a casual attitude towards it or if it's literally something that is that going away. No, I think honestly, I go back uh, and this is just personal. I can't talk for anybody else. Mm-hmm. My parents have never worn anything that's brand. Mm-hmm. Never. So I don't know if it's me keeping myself humble and it's like, yo puedo trabajar in like ripped pants or in leggings and anything and I know I'll deliver my work, and maybe that's why I do it. But I, but I mean, I also know the the balance. But then going back to the conversation about inspiring others, especially like talking about social media, like I like to post Girl, inspiring you inspire things me with your makeup tutorials, like, <laughs> like all the time, like inspiring things, right? But then I know that sometimes I can't deliver my story in 140 characters, you know, Mm -hmm. because the story isn't just 140 characters. There was like a whole full like four page essay that went behind that one moment that you saw on social media. So if I could capture everything that went with that one inspirational post, I will do more of it. But it's hard. I have this like this like love and hate relationship with social media because some people are like oh my god what do you do and i'm like dude i love what i do but it's hard and like you don't see it you know and that's like something that i battle like just touching base on that inspiration conversation that we had and the second point i want to bring to that is also 
I've learned coming from going to uh, right after graduation, right after I graduated, I moved to San Francisco. I struggled a bit there, but I was working for a really great company. Then um, financially, that's what I meant by struggle. And then I was living paycheck to paycheck, FYI. And then in New York, I worked at a top agency, which I loved. Um, what made me come back to Dallas was my dad getting prostate cancer because family's first. And whenever I got the news and whenever I made the decision of coming back, I had a definition of success conversation with myself of what it is to be successful. In my eyes, it was moving to New York, working for this big corporate agency and making it big in New York and hopefully, you know, furthering my career up to the corporate ladder. And then I had that moment when I literally saw my dad leave in my eyes and I'm like, success isn't that. Success for me is making my parents proud and like making my fam, my future family like solid, like y'all are taken care of for like next generation, future generation. So like my question to you guys is what's your definition of success? Because everyone's is different. Leave your footprint everywhere you go. If it's through video, pictures, you know, whatever you say, a quote. Touch someone. Touch them. Like, not physically, but, like... <laughs> and physically. And <laughs> no, but I, I definitely, like... That's a really heavy question, though, because it's, some, it's something I've definitely asked myself yeah. because... And it's something you should ask yourself. And, and, and it changes yeah, it does. yearly because, yeah. you know, as you grow. you're growing, you're changing, you're getting inspired by things, you're realizing, oh, I don't want to be a millionaire. Like, mm-hmm. do not. Um... But it's, it's beautiful in the sense of, so, like, I have a director who's total boss, like, bitch, mm-hmm. hardcore. She walks with power. Yeah. I sit there and I think and I'm like, do I want that? Yeah. Like, because I also see the sacrifice that goes into that. Long work hours, you know, time away from your family. And for me, I'm like you. I'm super connected with my family where having to move to Austin was hard. Like, being in Austin, it's like, they're just in Houston. It's like two and a half hour drive. Mm -hmm. It's a long two and a half hours when, like, you really just want a hug from them. Like, you're just having, like, a crap week. But I don't know. For me, it's it's finding a happiness. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, when it comes to being successful, just, like, every day, like, at first, you know, every year you just grow. And at first I was like, okay, I need to, I need to be successful I need to get the best job ever that I need to do to be you know to be successful and so my parents could be proud but I think the overall thing is just being happy and being happy with the people that you're surrounded with I think that's success if I can say that at the end of the day I gave it my all and I'm happy and I can take care of my family I think I think I'll feel accomplished or yeah I would say kind of I guess laying out that foundation for that family um, just because, like, uh, I'm first generation, and I want to be able to lay that foundation for, you know, my nephews, my nieces, everyone else in my family, you know, start going to college, make that as, like, not necessarily, you know, a um, a requirement, but something you expected from you, kind of, you know. Basically, like Kevin said, you know, leaving your footprint, and starting a legacy in a way. And I think as being first generation, it's just, I've always taken it like I'm a role model, being first generation, encouraging my brothers to go to high, uh, to go to college, um, encouraging my nephews like they they live in the hood, 
And so, you know, like I said, going back to that, is statistics. Mm -hmm. There's a percentage that a lot of students don't make it. And I'm like, I was lucky enough to be able to push that and break that. I want that for my, for my nephews and my nieces. And I think just leaving that footprint with them. And another question like just came into my head. What I, I, I struggle with being like living in New York and I had my apartment that was really nice. And I moved to Dallas and my apartment was really nice. And then I go back home and my parents are not living in what I would want them to live. Right. And you have that constant struggle is like helping myself or helping them with like being young as we are and we're basically like putting our like step into the like entry level positions like that that fight that we have within ourselves to be like do i help my family and give them that paycheck or do i keep it and save it for myself what do you define as helping them like whether like, it be you, financially yeah financially uh, or i feel like i mean someone told me i forgot who it was but like it really stuck with me though uh they said you can't help anybody else unless you yourself are okay, all right. So I, I feel like, I, I mean, I, I mean, my goal is to, you know, have my parents, you know, when they're not just working or just chilling, you know, on a ranch, just sipping some type of tea, you know, <laughs> organic. But that's my goal. But like, I can't do that, or I can't even. I have. I want to help everybody, my whole family, cousins, everyone, opportunities, this and that. But I can't do that if I myself aren't in a position where I could do that. You know, my mind, you know, I, I would love to help everybody if I won the lottery, but I don't have the lottery. I need to get myself in that position where I can help people, where I can create opportunities because I feel like you're not successful unless the people that you break bread with, the people that are in your bloodline aren't successful as well. I feel like you can't have success unless that that's, that's happening, you know? And I think it also just depends on like for me, I've gone back and I've said, mom, here, like I can give, like here's some money, here's some money. And it came to a point where one day my mom was like, baby, why are you giving me money? And I'm like, oh, I just want you to have whatever you want and everything. And she's like, but that's for you. And even sometimes like my dad will slip me like a few bills and be like, here, like, para que te vayas a comprar algo or three, para que vayas al cine. And I'm like, no, like you keep it. Like I'm good, dad. And, but it's like, they're always thinking of us. And yes, but I've, I've come to realize when I talk to them that it's not a monetary thing that they need from us. It's the time. It's yes. yeah, the yeah, right. adventures. Mm -hmm. It's the conversations. Like my dad could not care if we go somewhere. Mm -hmm. But if I sit there for four hours and talk about, listen to his stories. And not be on your phone. And I mean, I'm never really on my phone. Okay. <laughs> but, but something like that, he's like the happiest person in the world. Yeah, yeah like they have something. I feel like, I mean... They know something that we don't know, and, and it's only through time that we will. And, it, I, and they're, I think their parents, I mean, they, yeah. they know a different perspective of what we know. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've, they've been in that position that we are. So, yeah, I mean, getting something back from, from your kid, I mean, it's not to say that it's not important to them, but it's just as long as we're healthy yeah, and, and we're, know, we're doing not, the right things they're not I mean, asking for much if they're definitely like if you can see that they need it it's different sure, but i yeah, think one of the things is like when i go home i'm like man like my parents should be living in like a bigger house but then when i talk to them they're like why it's only they're two good. of us yeah. our house is paid off like little things where it's just like 
you're good here. Yeah. Like yeah. your fears and your stresses from when we were younger aren't there anymore because you've reached that level where it's like you're self sufficient. Yeah. Like, yeah. Once you have a kid, I don't think I think. I mean, if, especially like if your kid's good and all that, like healthy and like doing the right thing, yeah. you don't care about mm-hmm. if you're happy, you're you're good. And and uh, I feel like money's not as important Mm-mm. once uh, other things are just oh, sure. other things overweigh that big time. You know, just I happiness and just health. Going to that original question, you know, what is how do you value success? I think to me, we'll answer. You know, your second question to me. That I I know I've done some things successful or I feel successful when I leave a situation completely content. You know, you you said it with getting that happiness from from you know managing that situation the best you could. Whether you know it was it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It's it like, doesn't. Yes, I made you know, it through the day. Like, yes, <laughs> I, didn't kill I, I, I didn't. I didn't give in to my craving, and you know, I went I, all day without some candy <laughs> and hot Cheetos. And hot Cheetos, right? Yeah, well, maybe maybe not for me. But. <laughs> it's the little win. But no, yeah, it's it it, it goes back to that. You know, you. I I certainly feel successful when I feel satisfied with the situation, and you know, even if it wasn't completely what I expected it to be or wanted it to be, if things worked out for the best and I felt, you know, good about it, then I know, okay, I can I can leave this thinking it was a success. I mean, I I definitely know that when it comes to, you know, helping out my my family, my parents, of course, it, it come it goes through my mind like, dude, I wanna give you everything. Everything that I possibly can give you back. Oh, I wanna give it to you times a hundred. You know, because of, you know, I know the struggles you went through. I know that you know, being like, I came from a single parent home and I can just be like, mom, my salary right now is probably more mm-hmm. than what you made. And yeah. how did you do it? How I'm, I'm struggling, you know, somewhat. It's like, okay, I'll make it, but no going out this month. No, you know, no fooling around, no doing this and that. And actually I'm, I'm currently like that. Cause I planned a trip to Guadalajara that I'm going to go do. And, uh, I was like, okay, I can either use this money for fun or plan a trip to go see a really good friend of mine. I was like, okay, I'll do it. So then when I, once I did that, you know, I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, oh, well, I can, I can send you some money. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm no, yeah. believe me. Like you've just done so much more than I could have ever asked for. That is the least thing that I would want you to do, yeah. you know? Oh, so, yeah. so yeah, success to me is just being happy with the situation and, and knowing that everything that everything that I was trying to accomplish and everything that I could accomplish, if it was for the betterment of that situation, we're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, see, success also like I I want hopefully I live to be ninety plus, and I want to be that little raisin, but I want to be that little old wrinkly man that's happy. I see. I I try to do things. Well. On a rocking chair with some sweet tea. Yeah, like, some, like with some Organic. a lot of sugar, just like Spike sweet tea. Yeah, with some vo- vodka sweet tea. What? <laughs> some mezcal with the little orange. Mm. Oh, but anyways, uh, uh, I want see like we want to be. I, I feel like I want to do things to where I want to be the happiest version of my old self as possible. Like I want to be. I want to do things in life to make me the happiest old man possible. And I don't know what that is yet, but I feel like. What I'm doing right now, it's risky. There's nothing get is guaranteed, but 
you know, that's the cool thing. Like meeting people that do the same thing you do, mm-hmm. not necessarily like the same exact uh, trade or like whatever. You know, we do like a creative or digital work. Like like last uh, yesterday, I met the guys, the owners of Strange Land Brewery, and their story, which is a podcast, is it'll be up soon. But the, their story, <laughs> looking forward like, to like, it, like. is it's like they, it's like they were on just going downhill. But they said you have to build down downwards momentum. You're going downhill, but that downhill, you build momentum, and then, woof, you're going to go up. That's right. you got to build that momentum where you're having a a shitty time. you got to make the best out of every situation. Because that old man, when I'm 90 years old, is going to say those words. I made the best out of a shitty situation. I did it right. You want to live with no regrets. Yeah, yeah, I want to. I, no I, I want to be ninety-seven, one arm, be like, shit, I don't regret <laughs> using this arm. You want to hear how you I know? lost this arm? Yeah. <laughs> it was a story. It was a story. For real, you know, it's cool. Now, yeah, see what happened tea. was. That's the tea. Yeah. Well, cool. How long have we been? Have we doing this? Been yeah. an hour plus. Hour plus. Really? Yeah. It's like two hours. minutes. I think this this is a good this is a good point to end. This yeah. was really no, good. W- yeah. One more thing before oh, we one end. more one more thing. All right. Everyone oh. has to. Well, um, because uh, this is how I find out a lot of good artists. So everyone. Uh, I guess uh, name your favorite song right now and a book or. Or uh, something that motivates you that like I, you might have a YouTube channel or a, a talk on a TED talk or whatever. So your favorite song and one thing that you want someone to look at or hear. Or like whatever. a takeaway. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Just one. Or yeah, your favorite song and then one thing that Maybe someone like should take away. Favorite song and one thing to take away. Or your favorite you podcast this? or whatever. Uh, you know, sorry, I, whatever. Uh, one song. Um, it's been stuck in my head all day. Well, not all day, but all week, essentially. It's by Daniel Caesar. It's uh, called Get You. It's a super slow love song. Aww. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little heartbroken, so that's why I'm listening to it. I Aww. am too. I am too, so I feel you. Um, Takeaway. Um, listen to this podcast, man. This is super encouraging. It, you, know, you know, hearing just you guys talking here is, like, super encouraging. You know, coming from the same background, uh, super uplifting. I'm probably going to call my mom after this, honestly, just to tell her hi. <laughs> um, oh, but wait, what was the name of the podcast, though? Oh, this one? Oh, this one. Oh, yeah. I also recommend this podcast. Um, my jam at the moment is uh, Automaton by Jamiroquai. It's uh, one of their newest, their newest single. They haven't released one in a while. It's fantastic. Listen to it, and once you start, it sounds. I, I'll, I'll admit, when I first heard it, I'm, like, I'm not gonna like this song, and the chorus just comes in, and I was, yeah. We'll, we'll, we should listen to it after this. Um, what, what, what's something I can recommend? Um, I, I'm a big movie fan. I'm a huge film buff. I love, like, the Oscars are my bread and butter. I recently did an Oscars trivia night, and I swept that entire (laughs) thing. I mean, there were people from the Alamo Draft House that were competing. And sorry if you guys are listening, but um, we, my team beat theirs. And they're, like, to work at the Draft House, you have to know a lot of film trivia. And we still beat them. So um, I 1,000% recommend um manchester by the sea as a movie total 
it was okay, but as somebody who writes, it is an absolutely fabulous script. It is so well written, so well executed. The acting in it is superb, and yeah, if you guys haven't had a chance to see it, I definitely recommend it. So my song would be Blessings by Chance the Rapper, because I'm obsessed with Chance. If anybody knows me, I love him. And then the one thing that really motivates me, if I'm ever down, heartbroken, like just having a bad day, I look up any quotes by Paulo Coelho. Yeah. And he's a Brazilian like novelist, author. So any of his quotes yeah, in- inspire me and keep me going because he has a little bit of everything. So, um, I guess music-wise... I love Lady Gaga, so I'm just going to yes. promo. Love buy her. I'm yeah. <laughs> like, buy her album. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, John Wayne, that's like my favorite one right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go see her in Dallas. So I'm so excited. Uh, something motivating, I guess, right now is just listening to everybody's story. And just like um, he said that, you know, we're minorities, but, you know, we're we're growing and we're giving our footprint or whatever and i'm just excited to do that as well so we're minorities but we're not minor in exactly any way. yes ma'am oh. preach yeah <laughs> so my current favorite song is called believer by imagine dragons i thought they went away i thought they were going to be like a one-hit band but they came back with full force and i'm obsessed with that song um then again like i feel so inspired today just by you know being in a room full of badass latinos like <laughs> You know, this, I'm never, you know, I work with mostly like non Hispanics, so this is amazing to me right now. <laughs> uh, something I would recommend, I guess, going along with Ugo, I would recommend a movie. I watched Logan last night. Yeah. It was amazing. It, was, it just, it was a closure to my childhood. I grew up, you know, loving the X Men movies, and I almost cried at the end. So, yeah, no spoilers. You did, you did, <laughs> Um, the song I'm currently obsessed with is Despacito, the Luis Fonsi and Daddy I Yankee song. Oh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Daddy Yankee, so that's pretty much it. Um, the thing that I'd like someone to take away, since I'm like the old soul here, um, smile. Like I would say I'd want people to know that it can be a crappy moment, like, you know, anything can happen in our industry and in your life, but smile and ask yourself the questions of, can I do anything about it? And should I let it affect me? Because a lot of times I'm seeing people who will worry about things. And when you ask yourself, should you be worrying about this? The question is, well, yes. Can you do anything about it? Well, no, because it's in somebody else's, you know, hands. hands. Okay, then move on and just smile and work to the next, like, challenge. Move forward. Yes. Um, my favorite song right now, um, it's, uh, it's uh, Cha-Cha by a drum. It's just so happy. Yeah, we both been bumping that shit. I was gonna say that same shit. I didn't like him. See, I thought he was yeah, like he does rock. Why didn't we broccoli. have music playing in the background? Or we can't. It's can South we incorporate by. that? Look how happy this is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, 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 
No. He's so like I recommend you see his. Uh, well, he's on NPR, the Tiny Desk. I thought he was like just uh, just another rapper, but his soul and he's so happy doing what he does. That's how I want to be. I want to be happy doing what I do. That smile he has while he's singing. I want to cha cha. Yeah. Just so it's so it's so uh, smiling contagious. can change the world. Kevin. Yes, right. it can. Oh, one thing I recommend. Um, uh, oh yeah, uh, Shots of Awe by uh, Jason Silva. He's this uh, uh, Latino. Well, he's not considered like a. Well, he's a Venezuelan, but like a, he he's like a philosopher slash. Uh, well, I don't know thinker, but he has like a show on National Geographic. But he has a, on YouTube. If you type in Shots of Awe, it's quick little two minute, one minute videos where he just goes on tangents about happiness, about creativity, about about why being bilingual makes you uh on average you have a higher iq if you are bilingual multicultural but he goes on these tangents if you watch those videos they it's like a shot of espresso but but espresso and a shot of awe you just your brain just starts working and functioning it's like taking an adderall with video okay all right next person yeah the song i've been bumping to is cha-cha also i mean we both we live together and we work in the same spot and like our bedrooms are like this close bfs forever yeah, oh, yeah, and uh, inspiring. I run a lot, so I just uh, I listen to books, and I, li- I listen to, I listen to Diane Guerrero's "In the Country oh, We Live In." Oh yeah, and she really describes like growing up as an immigrant. You know, you're always told to shut up, be quiet, don't make waves at all. Yeah, and I like, just recently, you know, now like past two years, I've been kind of like stepping out of that and starting to make waves. You know, like push waves, make a little disruption. Because it's okay now. I don't know. Now I, re- yeah. now I realize. It's always been yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, except yeah. my parents never, you know, they were like, shut the fuck up. You know, stay there. <laughs> no, they didn't stay shut. No, they said it in a nice way. Yeah, yeah. My parents. In a Mom, nice way. dad, sorry. <laughs> no, in a nice way, they just always tell me, don't get in trouble. Don't do anything. Don't speak up. You know, whatever. And it's still, you know, I still have trouble, like, speaking up and all that. But I'm getting a lot better. Good. And Apparently. read that book. She talks yeah. about, like, this whole thing. I'm like, damn, like, it's, it's normal. You know, it's okay. Yeah, you're and not she's alone. beautiful. Yeah, she's she is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. She's fucking hot. Okay, calm down. Because yeah. yeah, I think that's like go like I think we can close with that. Probably the the best thing to take away from all of this is you know we shared our stories and we shared things that we feel and our opinions and hopefully anybody else who's listening is knowing that you don't you aren't the only person who thinks this way. I mean, we certainly we have our experiences that happen in our lives and we think oh this is unique to me this is happening only to me like why me why does this happen i know i've thought that many times and yeah we're not alone we're not the only ones and and don't be afraid to be somebody just do it just do it or to be involved in your community and helping each other grow i think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't do and i think just being involved and learning more about your culture i think that's going to help Nothing happens in the comfort zone. Nothing yeah. happens in the comfort zone. Nothing exactly. Happens in the That's the name of this podcast. That's a title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right, y'all. Well, thanks a lot. Yay. Yay. Pursue. I hope to see you guys yeah. again. Yeah.